Okay, so uh, just a quick recap on last week. So we've been talking about the prophetic watchman. So last week we mentioned several things. Um, we spoke about that unless the Lord builds the house, the labors build in vain. The labor in vain, unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. And how Jesus had gave, gave his disciples the opportunity at the key time to stand watch with him and pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. And how through their immaturity and through them allowing the flesh to determine what their spirit does, they couldn't even pray with him for one hour. And how to be a spiritual watchman, that can't be us. A watchman asleep is no watchman at all. And so we spoke how a watchman is always looking and is expectant to receive the Lord's assignment, to receive the word from heaven. They're not looking for their own assignment. They're not, in terms of they're not looking for their own agenda. They're not after their own agenda and their own wants, but that we align our desires with that of heaven. And a, and a, and a watchman also has been assigned a territory. Ezekiel was, was made a watchman over Israel. So he had a territory. He had a people. And he knew those who were... He, who he was responsible for, but he also knew those he wasn't responsible for. And we must understand what is our territory, but what also is not our territory. We looked at the fact that a watchman is able is, is positioned so he's able to see things that are ahead of time. A watchman can stand and has a position where they're able to see beyond what everyone else sees. That you're able to see, you're able to know the times and the seasons. You're able to know God is, is merciful and loving that he provides us with, with when we are looking. We are able to go into the dimension of the spirit realm. The realm that we were worshipping this morning is the same realm. We must, lear, we, must, we must learn how to be in, in prayer and intercession. That we have to be able to look and watch for what is the word coming from heaven, what is coming up? So that we know and are, are, are able to bring clarity in a time of uncertainty. We are able to bring order in a place of chaos. This is the, this is the prophetic watchman. And to be a watchman is to be a shepherd, a priest, and a king. That as a shepherd is to guide and to guard those that you have been entrusted to in your territory. And what is our territory? We talked about, we, we spoke a lot about the family. Your territory is, is, it starts with your family. Your brothers, your sisters, your wives, your husbands, your kids, grandparents, nieces, nephews, whoever, or whoever you class as family. Because some, we all have different backgrounds. We all don't have big families. Some people class certain individuals that by flesh and blood you might not be family, but you are family. Does that make sense? Yeah? So we must, I don't, I'm not, I, don't want, I want to be clear that I'm not excluding any of that, anyone that's not blood relative. We're also given territory. So for example, for me, I know my territory is those young people. Why? Because the assignment over my life and M's life is to raise a generation. So I know my territory is a place I have influence over. It's a sphere of influence. 
So if you don't have a sphere, so therefore your workplace also is a place that you are given. So it's not just our work. But we've got to look at the family. As, 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 we, we can look at everything else, and we will look at everything. I'm, and I'll try when I speak this morning to be as inclusive as possible so that you're able to try and understand it in the context of everything. But we must, the church, the church has spent too long trying to change the lives of everyone else's family without looking at their own. And we can't, that's why the church can't build properly, because families are not being built properly. Because there are no watchmen. There are no shepherds. And there are no, importantly, priests. And the priest is those who are able to bring the sacrifices that are pleasing to the Lord. They are being built into a house, as Revelation says. We are being built into a house where we are able to serve God and bring, bring offerings that are acceptable because it's the priests that are able to draw the presence of God, are able to, and know, but also know how to minister that which heaven speaks. It's okay hearing the word of God, but the priest knows how to minister it. And then the shepherd takes that and is able to go and lead them in that way. Yeah? And the king... We talk, about, we talk about influence. A king rules and reigns. If we cannot have authority and influence in our own territory, then don't even try and go anywhere else. And don't try and extend your borders. Because if you can't rule and reign in the, in the land you've got, then why would God give you any more? And how are you able to show someone else how to rule and reign in their territory when you can't rule your own? So we, are, we, are, we must be the shepherd, the priest, and the, and the king. So does that make sense? For those of you who weren't here last week, is that, is that a nice little inner box? Give you a small summary there, okay? So I'm not quite sure it will go this morning, so we'll just, we'll just see. I've got some stuff wrote down, and we'll just, we'll just go with it. Is that all right? Okay. So the next thing that we must understand about a prophetic watchman. The watchman, you can write this down if you want, the watchman displaces demonic forces with a greater power. So the watchman displaces demonic forces with a greater power. Theory of displacement. It's quite simple. You've got displacement is the action of moving something from its place or position. That's what displacement is. So if you get, if, I've got, if I want to displace that, something bigger, like my foot, needs to come and move it. And then my foot can go where it went. And we must understand that when, demonic, when, when, there, when a demonic power is in operation... When a demonic power is in operation, the only thing that can displace it is a power greater than that demonic power. Yeah? It sounds so simple and logical, doesn't it? See, when the power of the kingdom of heaven begins to move in an environment, it seriously begins to affect the powers of darkness. As a power, the scripture says, to the church, sorry, before I get to that, the church 
we are the greater power. We are the greater power than the one that is operating out there. Amen? We've got to believe that first. The Bible tells us all. I'll read it in a second. So the church, which is the greater power, we must begin to displace the demonic powers that work in our own territory and the church's territory. There are too many demonic powers that are allowed to run wild in our territories. It's too many. And the church currently doesn't enough take responsibility or even have faith to believe that they have a greater power. So in, John, in 1 John chapter 4, so in 1 John chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, it says this. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. It's not something that is coming and so be, and, and watch for it. It's already here. But as watchmen, can we see where it is? You, dear children, are from God. Amen. And from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. We hear that it's a great scripture because it speaks of the truth of who we are and what that we have already overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But a watchman has to be able to walk and watch and look and operate in that stance. Because otherwise, just like many parts of the church, we have no power or we don't believe we have the power to do anything about that which we see. So when a spirit comes into your territory, or you see a spirit in the world, you feel powerless to do anything about it. That's because that truth has not yet sat inside your spirit. We have a greater power than that which is in the world. It is, it is biblical. It is truth. But so many, so many times, we struggle to... We, we, we don't struggle to hear it, but we struggle to actually make it work and to rely on it because our natural instincts sometimes kick in, but, our natural, but a prophetic watchman doesn't use their natural instincts. A prophetic watchman uses their spiritual instincts. And we have got to become a people that use our spiritual instincts in every situation rather than always going back to our fleshly, earthly instincts. Because that will only lead us to the, to the conclusion that the demonic power is the strongest one out there. And it can't be toppled. Or just not by me. So what happens is then, is our ability to influence our own environment, our ability to influence our own families, our ability to influence anywhere we go, is diminished. So just like the disciples, the disciples, their ability to, 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 to do anything in the heavens 
and have an impact in the heavens in the Garden of Gethsemane was diminished because they couldn't stay awake. They, could, they didn't go into the spirit. They, their flesh took over. I'm tired. I'm not strong enough. I'm weary. And so at that point then, their ability to go into the heavens and have an impact was diminished. It is the same with us. As we are walking, as we are living, we must be able to have this truth held that I, in me, not me, not me, I have the ability to do nothing. But in Christ, but in Christ, I have the ability to overcome anything. Amen? In order for heaven to move in our territory, we must be willing to enter into the spirit realm. Because you, and you know when you've been there, how do you know when you've been in the spirit realm? How do you know when you've properly been in the spirit realm? What evidence do we see? Things start to change. See, so many times we, we don't see the change we want because we haven't been to the place where change can be, can, can, can be made. And I think this morning, I, I, you, know, you know me, I never mean to offend anybody, but truth is truth. And some of us have to understand that, we, that the reason why we don't see change is because we don't go to the places where change can happen. We don't know how to spend the right time. We, we haven't been willing to go into that spiritual realm. And let me, let me just say, not all prayer takes you into the spiritual realm. There is a lot of prayer that is like the nonsense the pagans talked about. And Christ says, don't bumble and bumble and along like the pagans because they're just praying about nothing. They're just saying these things. And in church, it's very it's very... Sometimes even I, I'm going to hold my hands up and go, God, how can I make the same prayer sound fresh? Because if you've prayed the same prayer a long time, you've got to, sometimes you feel like you've just been mechanical. But the principle is this. Are you in often enough for it to become repetitive? Some of us, we pray once and think, yep, I've done my bit. But that's not what a watchman does, because a watchman doesn't just watch once a week. A watchman's watching every day. Prophetic watchman is looking every, every single day. And things do not change because we cry or because we get emotional. You know, so many times that, and it's easy to get emotional, and it's easy, I've, look, hands if you've been emotional when you've, been, when you've prayed at some point or you've been in worship. I have. I've cried my little eyes out. And I've created loads of puddles <laughs> with my tears. And that's okay. Jesus cried blood. So we're not saying that being emotional is wrong or being emotional is, a, is, a, is not effective. Being emotional should simply just be an outworking of, of the intensity of your spirit towards what you're praying for. It's a release of everything that is in us. So sometimes, though, we can feel that because we've got emotional, we've got it all off our chest, we feel better. But actually, has anything changed? Some people, and I'm, gonna, I'm not being sexist, but, some, but girls, you cry a lot more than boys. You're, you're more in touch with your emotions. And sometimes you, you just cry all the time. And you just cry dead easy. 
I just think, what are you crying for? And, and, and it's like, yeah, and, and for you, it's, it's for some people to cry a lot. And I get it, and I absolutely get it. Some blokes, blokes, you just don't cry enough. It's like, have your tear ducts been, have they disappeared? Have they ever, are they actually there? So we have two opposites with men and women, don't we? We have, we have, we have one which is slightly towards too much and one which is never at all. And we have to understand, what is the cause of my tears? Am I just crying because I'm sorrowful or am I crying because in my heart I want to see something change and, I'm, and I'm, I am desperate for the heavens to move in my territory? That's the, what is the principal reason why we're praying? What are we fighting for? Sometimes we, pray, we make prayers, but you, you can pray and get upset about something, but what are, are your prayers having an impact? Are we going into the right place? Are we going into that spirit, or are we just going before God and having a cry? God gives us grace for that. God allows us for that because he loves us and he wants us to be close to him. But we have to understand there's a, dif- there's a difference between just praying and crying and basically having a moan, and how, 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 how things aren't what you want them, and start to pray prayers that cause something in your spirit to rise up. That says, I will not let this go. We must see that forces, hang on. Yeah, so things don't change because we get emotional. Things change when we lock into heaven through prayer, and we stay the course until we see it change. The biggest problem with the church is it hasn't got stamina. The disciples couldn't pray for an hour. I always imagine the disciples, they started off praying, and, uh, and yeah, yes, Jesus, and, and Lord, just to help him over there. Yeah, help Jesus, and yeah, want him to yeah, protect him. And that's it, and they're gone. Five minutes, gone. And then the next time they wake up, with Jesus knocking on the door. So they started off all right with the right intention, but it didn't happen. So many times in our, in our life, we, we pray a couple of times, and we give it a good bit of gusto. And it's like, it's like me on a football pitch. I played football the other week, right? And I hadn't played for nearly two years. I was amazing for 10 minutes. <laughs> I was brilliant. I was jinking in and out and that. And then it just got worse and worse and worse. <laughs> I had to go in net because I just didn't have the legs anymore because I had no stamina. As Christians, we have, as, as people, have got, we have got to learn spiritual stamina. We've got to get some stamina in us. You go talk to anyone who has to stand up all day long. I sit down most of the day. But I, and now, if I have to stand up for a while, it's tough. Now, this job helps me. Because I'm stood up for an hour there or an hour here. It's okay, I can stand up for a few hours, no problem. But you feel it in your legs after a while, don't you? But if you're in a, if you're in a job where you sit down most days, and someone's asking you to stand up all day, it's tough. It's tough. But a spiritual watchman, there's got to be something within us that says, this is my territory, and I am not happy with what I see. And so I am going to stick with this until I see heaven move. Because heaven doesn't always move when we want them to. Heaven knows the times and the seasons. But when you're in the spirit realm, you begin to understand what the times and the seasons are. So we know, we know when patience needs to come in. We know when endurance has to come in. But then you get people like Paul in, in, in the book of Acts. When the, that, the woman kept prophesying, you know, the, the medium was, was, was talking, talking. She was just doing his head in. So he just turned around and went, be gone. I'd love to be like that. But not all things work like that. It's not quite that easy. But we have to be a people 
that go beyond, that see beyond our emotion or our sorrow and we're able to lock in. Like we did this morning, some people, you see it, when you start worshiping, you're not singing songs, they don't know what to do after five minutes to get a bit lost. We've got to learn what it is to stay the course. We want to see our families, those who've got kids that are lost, those who have got kids that are, got, are now, if you want to see your families, you want to see your families back, we've got to stay the course. We've got to have that same intensity. I don't feel like it today. I don't like it today, but I'm going to stay the course anyway because I am a spiritual watchman and I will not let that go on my watch. Have you ever seen that? Not on my watch. And we have got to have that same attitude and the Spirit says, not on my watch will I see this happen anymore. Will I see the demonic powers that are in the, the, the world's delusions, the things that are, in my, uh, that are in, in my family, in my workplace, whatever that is, I will not stand for it. So I will press into God until I see something change. Until I see that heaven is changing. But you can only see that heaven's changing when you're looking for it. If we pray and we do not believe that we have a greater power to displace it, you'll pray and not expect. So what's the point in praying and never expecting to see a result? That's like saying praying for someone to, it's like saying I'm going to pray for Chris to get healed, but at the same time I'm going to help organize his funeral. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm going to be healed in the name of Jesus. Right, okay, now the flowers he wants for his funeral are. But we've got to think, I'm not, that's an extreme example, but that's how we are. We don't expect. We stop it. And sometimes because we're afraid that it might not happen. But we have to get beyond that. Or we'll never ever stand for anything. To the point where it hurts, to the point where it's hard, to the point where we... Because if we don't go through the trial, you can't see the glory on the other side. We can't see the glory on the other side. But we must see what forces are in our territory. For example, cancer, sickness, disunity, depression, a rebellious spirit. And we must begin to step into the greater power and intercede until we see heaven move and things begin to change in the environment. You see, um, M's, uh, M's family, sort of, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but M's other family, like her, her, her uncles and aunties, her auntie currently has got um, ovarian cancer. And so it's quite serious. But well, any cancer is serious, let's, let's be honest. But... It's not the first person where it's happened to in the family. And you begin to see that actually this family is being decimated by cancer. So the challenge now is can they stand and kick cancer out of their territory? Do we believe that there is a greater power that will bring protection to all of those in our territory? Because if we have influence over a God-given territory, then that means when you go into the heavens, it can affect the entire territory. It, so it doesn't just affect you and your, say, the immediate person, it affects everyone around. Your workplace can be safer because you held it in the spirit. Can we, do you see, do you see that? It's not just your, your, the, the people in your household. It's the people in your territory, who you are, who God has given you influence over. 
Okay, next. The watchman will displace the predominant force of evil operating in their midst. So we've talked about that there is a greater power to displace. But the watchman will displace the predominant force of evil operating in their midst. So the, the scripture says in Ephesians 6, 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, a prophetic watchman is an observer. A prophetic watchman is always observing. So in every place you go, think about all the places you go. So for me, I've got my home, I've got church, I've got my work friends, that, that in my, where I work in my branch. Uh, I've got other, other youth events, but I've got friends, different circles of friends that are not Christians. I've got the football lads I go out with. I've got different things. And in every environment, in every group that you're in, there's always a, a specific dynamic, isn't there, to the group? There's always a different dynamic. But what, you ha- but what you can find is that in these circles, some of them can be creative and positive and great. You would expect that if you say, what is the predominant force in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, an authentic group, you, you would like to think it was Christ-centered. So you would like to think there was, there was, there was, there's forgiveness, there's, there's, there's trust, there's openness, there's hearts, there's humility. You'd like to think all those things. But I go to, if I go, to the, I go to the lads at football... And the predominant thing is coarse joking and banter. Sometimes in, my, in one of my old branches, the predominant thing was always, someone was always gossiping and someone was always, was always having a bitch about someone else. So there's a spirit in every single, there's a predominant force that is in every environment. Yeah? And you find it with certain, sometimes it's certain people, but then you find it's in the group. Sometimes it's not just one. You'll find I've got, I've, got, I've got another circle where sexual promiscuity is, is, is normal. Sleep with who I want, when I want, how I want, that's fine. And what that does is it causes a divisive and a destructive... Now, they don't see that, but you do. Because you're a prophetic watchman, and you see, and you see your spirit. And how do you know? Because... It makes your, your spirit feel oppressed. It makes your spirit feel oppressed and contaminated. When you're around it, it contaminates you. You're like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with this. I don't like it. There's something about it I don't like. It gets to me. See, because the spirit of darkness comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. But also, it comes to bind up. It comes to bind up. Because it wants to keep people in a sinful pattern of thinking. Because then it blinds them to the fact that they're doing anything wrong. But what that does is, when you get a spirit that is predominant in your group, and you feel, not just you feel contaminated and you feel oppressed, you also feel intimidated if you try to change it. That is what we call the stronghold. When there is a predominant spiritual force that is happening in a particular group or a particular individual, and we have to become aware what they are. Because if you don't know what's operating inside, inside 
of your influence, then you don't, how are you going to know how to deal with it? We've got to become people who are always not just looking with that, well, it's just work. Well, we just, you know, it's, it's the young. We can give every excuse we want, but we have to start to recognize what is the predominant spiritual force operating in my midst. And we must then be able to go into the heavens and say, show me how I can bring about change in that environment. This is a spiritual watchman because you're watching for people who are completely and utterly blind. Some of it is our families and some of it is, because is, not all of us have, have, not everyone here has all of their family Christians. So we're talking to saved and unsaved. Most of our, our friends at work are not saved. But I have Christian, I have ladies in my, in my, in my workplace that go to church, but when you hear some of the things that come out of their mouth, Whoa, there's some blindness going, there is some spirits operating in there that have never been dealt with. Why? Because where they are, there is no one watching spiritually what is going on. What is the danger in this environment? Now that means you might have to be more confrontational than you used to. Than you used to. But this is what a priest does. A priest is able to go into the spirit and say, God, how do I bring about change in this environment? It's not just praying. Then the Spirit comes and gives us the word to say, how do I deal with this? How do I make this work? And we have to believe that whatever we're told, we do. See, the prophetic watchman is able to bind the strong man and plunder the enemies of of its household. So the next one. The prophetic watchman... He's able to bind up the strong man and plunder the enemy's household. Because we can see it in our midst. So now we begin to see, first of all, we now know there's a greater power and it's living in us. Now we know that we as a spiritual watchman, we have a 24-7 job of being aware of what is actually going on in my environment. Spiritually, my, my, my spirit dar is constantly going. So I'm now accessing heaven on a regular basis to say, God, what's going on in my territory? Because it's my territory, it's your territory. You have ownership over it. No one else is going to look after it. You've got to look after it. So you start to look, what's going on, what's going on. Now now you see there's a stronghold. Now we must learn how to deal with the stronghold. And it says in Mark 3, Mark chapter 3. I'm making good time here. You might even be out early. Might. So guys, if we don't learn what spirit is being manifest, we can't, we don't know what we're dealing with. See, sometimes there are, and there's an example I'm going to give you in a minute. Um, but we'll get there in a minute. So it says here in Mark 3, Mark chapter 3, verses 22 to 30. It says, And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said this, He is possessed by Beelzebub. By the prince of demons, he's driving out demons. So Jesus called them over to him and began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. If Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand 
his end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. And he said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit. If we want to bind the stronghold, then we must first bind the strong man. The stronghold is only established, a stronghold is only established when the strong man is able to manifest himself without opposition. If there is a spiritual authority in a territory, then the strong man can't, can't ever make his way. The strong man has no power. Just like whenever, that's why whenever Christ walked into an area, the strong man, the, the, the demons had to flee. There is no chance. So when we're already in somewhere, it can't come in because we're already there. But there's so many environments that untapped and away and out of us, and for various reasons, including that we haven't been looking, strongholds have developed within our own territory, within our own families. And so, but the stronghold comes when a spirit comes in and is able to establish itself, that spirit then begins, then is the strong man, but that strong man, then when it implants itself in someone or in an environment, it then becomes a stronghold. Does that make sense? So we've got to, that's why we have to know what is manifesting in our, in our families, what is, what is going on, and that's why we have to know how to enter the spiritual realm so we're always able to see what's ahead, what's already there, what is already going on. Not what we see physically outworking. That's why one of the things, one of the things I've, I've always learned is something Pastor Tony taught me a long time ago. Don't look at what's coming at you. Look at the spirit behind what's, in, what's, what's coming at you. So when someone comes at you with hatred, don't look at the hatred. Look at what's behind the hatred. We've got to know what's behind it because that's the only way to deal with it. But otherwise, if we just react on the same level, that's how you get disunited. That's how families are torn apart. Because no one's able to see like a spiritual watchman. No one's looking. No one's seen beyond. We're just responding flesh to flesh to flesh. And so, because our, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's the powers and the principalities that are in the heavens. So we've got to know how to go into the heavens, find out what they are, and then know how to deal with the strong man. Amen? We discern what has a hold on those within our territory, which is our work. Once we've discerned that, we must seek heaven to show us how to deal with the strong man. And that's why, again, I say we must be a priest. There must be a priest in every household. You may be the only Christian person in your household, so you're the priest. But mums and dads, when you're together, you've got to learn to be the priest in your household. Otherwise, spirits are running riot in our homes and we have no idea. Or then we don't recognize what they are when they're trying to come in because a spirit can try and come in. And I'm going to show you this in a minute. But there's a difference between it coming in and then establishing itself. Things will always try and come into your life. Things will always try and come into your territory. But there's a difference between coming in and then being kicked straight back out again. 
But when something's a stronghold and it's put its roots in, it's put its, da- it's, put its defenses up, it then it's a different level that we have to deal with. But so many of our families have got strongholds in them. We've got to start to recognize what are the strongholds. Otherwise, we're going to keep going around in circles wondering why we're chasing our tails and things aren't changing. And we're not seeing those who are those unsaved ones. We're not seeing those that, that <coughs> our kids, we're, not, we're constantly seeing whether it's sickness, whether it's things just negative that are happening in our families, the, the, the division, whatever it is. These things will keep on coming again and again and again and again and again. Because the enemy is determined to kill, steal, destroy and bind up everything that that is around us so that God has no influence in that area. So you remain in your territory, but useless in your territory, if if you understand my meaning. You see, I'm going to talk about Jacob now. Something happened this week. And I've asked Jake's permission, so we're all right. I'm not allowed to tell you specifics, but he's okay. So, And you know things happen. You think, this could have happened any week, but it didn't. It happened this week. And God began to show me some stuff through it. So Emma and I are downstairs watching TV. And um, Jake comes down. He always does. Oh, you know, I didn't get a drink. You know, they know they, know they need a drink, but they wait till they've gone to bed. And then they can come down 10 minutes later, yeah? So he goes and gets his drink, and he goes back upstairs. And another 10 minutes later, he comes down again, and I'm thinking I'm getting brassed off now. Because he has this regular thing, Jake, where he says, what do I do? And it's like, right, it's been 10 minutes. There is no way that is long enough for you to have tried to fall asleep. So so I was like, Jake, what are you doing? He said it on the door, and he says, Talk to mum. Is he just saying this because I've I'm getting because I've got annoyed, or or what? So anyway, so mum goes, she disappears off, and I carry on watching TV for a few minutes, and then I get this, Laura, you come up here a minute, and it, my my initial because this is just how cynical I am sometimes. What's he broke? He must have broke something. <laughs> What's he done? He's done something, and he's too afraid to tell me. So he's gone to tell mum, because mum's always softer. Sorry, mums, but that's, just, that's the way it is, generally. Mums are always soft. And, so, and then mum's going to break the news to dad, generally. So I'm thinking, right, what's he done? What's he broke? What's, what's going on? So anyway, so he gets upstairs. I get upstairs, and I walks in the room, and the atmosphere changed. I see him. He's got a little bit blurry eyes. See, Jake's all distressed and all forlorn, and I'm thinking. So suddenly I sit down with my legs crossed like I'm in front of the teacher, thinking, what is going on? And so Em just says, right, Jake, talk to Daddy. So he starts to get upset as he, as he starts to talk. And he just says, well, you and Mum recently have been talking about the purity course, and then it all just came out. And he couldn't sleep because there'd been some stuff that had been going on in his heart, things that he'd been doing and, 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 and other things. And all of us, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit had just got him. And he just couldn't deal with it anymore. 
and it just started coming out and coming out and coming out. And so M starts to get upset, and then I start to get upset, and Jake's starting to get upset. And we had this moment, and I will never forget it for the rest of my life, where the three of us are literally embracing as, a, as the three, and we're just weeping. And it was a very incredible, I'll, I'll not cry, I promise. But it was incredibly emotional. And after that emotion, and after he'd, he'd told us everything, because you know, it doesn't matter that he's 11, and maybe some of the things that he said, you might or I might not think are worthy of whatever, but to an 11-year-old, it's their entire world, isn't it? And some of the things, but some of the things were, were things. And so, as a parent, it breaks your heart. But I began to see instantly that something was, something was going on. God was doing something. And you know when God's doing something in your midst. Or I did anyway. And then we began to talk to him. And in that moment, all of a sudden, we were able to say things to him. And him receive things that you try to tell your kids all along. But all of a sudden, he received every single word. And he was like, Dad, I want this. Dad, keep, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. And what I, what I, I think I might have said it the other week, I know that Jake's going to secondary school in, in, in September. And I knew that there were certain conversations I had to have with him. But you don't know how you're going to have them because Jake's now at that thing where they're innocent enough as children, but they're now becoming aware of very adult things. And I'm, I'm, I'm no longer the rose-tinted hero that, he, that dads are when they're up to a certain age, where you are the most awesome human being on the planet. I'm now, I'm still pretty decent, but I'm just not quite what I was. So having to talk to your kids is a little bit more difficult. God, how do I approach this? How do I, I need to prepare him for what's ahead, but how do I do it? And God just opened up the environment. And so he started to, he said, God, I want this. I need this. I understand now why I need this. So please talk to him about it. And we were just able to talk to him. But what started it was this. You've been talking about the purity course. Last year, I told you that when we started the purity course, it was at the worst point. In our, it, just, it was the worst time in the world to try and start it. But, we're, but we've been praying, God, show us how to take those young people in our territory. How do I take them forward? What is this? Because the, our assignment, not God, the, God's assignment for us is to raise a generation. So I'm not asking for me, I'm asking for them. Right? So as I'm asking for them, God then shows us this purity. So we start to speak about purity. And I, I, at no point was any of it meant to be for Jacob. It wasn't meant to be for him because I thought, he's 11, what does he need to know? He just needs to know, behave, do as you're told and obey your mum and dad and, and you know, let, 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 let him develop as normal. But then when he said, well, when you were in front of church and Em and I spoke in front of here, and then God said to me, when you're always concerned about my agenda, it's not just what you're praying for that gets affected, it's everything else. There's a protection that comes in every area of your life. 
So purity now, it was never intended for Jake, but it's the one thing that caused something that could have become a stronghold in his life is now no longer a stronghold in his life. Because now God was able to convict him because of what Emma and I had said in front of here. He was just, I didn't even know he was in the room. He was in the corner somewhere. God started to speak through his life. He could not sleep. He came to us, which is very unusual in that for, for a kid to do because most kids don't do that. They hide things from the parents. And therefore, it gave us an opportunity to bind up the strong man immediately. So the strong man in my son now has been bound. But here's the thing. When we look to bind someone, and, you can, and, you can, and God can give you the wisdom of what it is, you have to be able to lead them to the source that you got the answer from. Church is very good at counseling people, but then the counselors become the people that are relied upon, not God. You cannot become the God of your territory. You have got to be able to say, and that's what the, the priest goes into heaven, is able to sense what's going on, is focused on the wall, is focused on what, is going, what God is saying. He gets the word. God, brings it, God is able to bring it down. But the shepherd has to be able to lead the flock back to the source. If we are going to be effective watchmen, we've got to be able to see what's happening. Have God's agenda at the forefront of everything that we do. And then when opportunities begin to come, we're able to lead people back to the source that gave us that same answer. That's what a watchman has to do. It's not just about seeing it. It's then leading them back to that place of safety. Because we cannot be... And what I was able to, do, what Em and I were able to do with Jacob was we were able to say, right, Jake, you've spoke to us. We've now, we, we can now deal with it. Now you need to bring it before God. And the most incredible thing to see my son lay his heart out before God, repent of everything, and see Jesus take the burden off his life. That is no longer in his heart anymore because Jesus has forgiven it. And he knows that mum and dad didn't sort it. He knows that God forgave it. Mum and dad have helped me. But it's God who forgave me, and it's God who has restored me, and it's now God who is seeking because he now understands the dangers of certain things. That's how we keep our territory clean. That's how we keep our territory right, because we're watching, but we're always about the agenda of God. Not our own agenda, not our own desires, and the kids can just follow, and our families can just follow. But as you begin to go in God's agenda, and always looking out, then it begins to affect the entire territory. Amen? As a shepherd, we must lead these people into the same dimensions that we have gone into in order to tie up the strong man. And when the strong man is tied up, because here's the thing, if the, if the strong man is not tied up, we have a house that is divided against itself. And our families and our territories become, a, a become houses that are divided against themselves. The church we want to take people into new territory and we as a church want to take new ground. But if we, how can we take people into new ground if our own houses are divided? So, there are, so as, as watchmen, we must be willing to respond that when the moment comes when we see a strong, when we know what is being manifested in our territory. And there's one thing that, what did, the, what did these... Philistines do to, to Jesus, they, they, they questioned the authority of how he was doing these miracles. 
whenever you speak out for God, whether it's even in your own family or whether it's work, wherever it is, there will be people that will question the source of your wisdom. But we must know that God always vindicates his own name. Jesus was able to show them how God binds, deals, binds, and is able to plunder the enemy. Jacob, is, we have now, in that area, we were able to plunder the enemy. Because now, because every time you lead someone out of that blindness and into the light, you're plundering their territory. Lives are that. So what, but what has to happen is that, you know, guys, it's not as, it's, it, when, I, when we talk about the spiritual realm, it's okay, we've got to learn. First of all, we've got to learn how to get in there. But then we have to, the hard bit, is it might mean you have to start loving someone who hates you. You have to start going to someone who always gives you grief and you have to be the one to bring forgiveness. You have to be the one who's always willing to, to, to bring that reconciliation. You're the one who always has to never react. You're the one who always has to speak even though people might, might persecute you for speaking. So even though someone says, I don't believe what you're saying, it's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo, you still speak when you get an opportunity. Because we, God will vindicate his own name. But that's how you beat the strong man. Because you keep on hitting the stronghold and keep on hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. And God will show us the way. But we have to stay in position at the wall. So as the time goes on, because guess what? It would be lovely to say that we'll pray for five minutes and all our kids come back to Christ, wouldn't it? It would be wonderful to say that. But that doesn't just happen like that. But we have to be willing to stay the course. Can we, are we willing to stay the course so that, the, so, that, so that not only can we bind the strongholds that have, been, that have started to manifest themselves in that, or maybe they've been in your family for generations. Maybe there's, there's things in your family that you've been dealing with for generations that you've never been able to deal with before. But God is now saying, will you now take hold of this responsibility? Will you now see clearly what I have given into your hands? And will you be my shepherd, my priest, and my king on the earth? Come on, let's just stand together. You know, Pastor Tony is going to continue to talk about this in different elements. There's so, the hardest thing about the watchman was there's too many areas to talk about. I've not, there's, there's just tons of stuff. But all you can do is talk about what, God, what gives you to talk about. Are we understanding the essence of the spiritual watchman? Are we getting it? A prophetic, we have to be able to go into the prophetic environment. As a people, we must become a prophetic people. If we can't be a prophetic people, then we can only see what our eyes show us in the natural. If we're just a natural church, then we might as well kiss goodbye to many of our families because you're relying on your own strength and your own wisdom to make everything okay. But God is giving us an insight into the spiritual domain where we're able to see, we're able to spot any, any ounce of activity of the enemy in our, in our territory. And God is giving us and God is giving you the authority to go in and change it. But we must know, we must go into the right environment and we must be willing in this. I really, we really feel as a leadership that we've got to fight for our families. We've got to fight for the family in the house and we've got to start here. We've got to start here. And as we do that, God will grant us the territory, extend out to extend our borders, stretch wide your tent pegs. 
right now, let's make sure that what's within our tent pegs is in order. And that we know everything about everything that's going on in what God has given us. Amen? So come on, let's just raise our hands. Father God, thank you. Thank you for the spiritual realm. Thank you that we are able to go into the heavens, that we are able to hear the fresh word from heaven day in, day out. Thank you, God, that you've given us a territory to be responsible for. Thank you, God, that we have this incredible honor that you give us. Thank you, God, that we have the greatest power of all living within us. Thank you that there is no greater name than the name of Jesus and he lives and dwells inside of us. Father God, so right now, guys, I want you to begin to declare over your territory, that I have, that, 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 that he's in me is greater than he's in the world. I want you to start to see it right now. See that territory right now and say, I command you right now, come into order in the name of Jesus. Just begin right now, just to talk, just begin to prophet, prophetically declare that he who is in me is greater and he who is in the world. And I want you to begin to say, I, I declare now, enemy, your strongholds are at an end in my territory right now. I want, you to, I want you to take God, show me the strongholds in my family. Ask God right now, God, what are the strongholds in my family, in my territory? Because if you don't know what they are, and you're blind to them, then you can't do anything about them. So right now, just begin to ask God, Father God, Father, show me what's in my territory. Show me, oh God, the strongholds in my territory. Father, show me right now. Show me right now. Don't let me be blind to them. Don't let them go on anymore. Father God, right now, let us, what, show me what is in, in, my, in my midst. Show me what is before me. Show me what evil is, is, is in my, before my midst, oh God. So Father God, I pray, oh God, and, and start to pray, God, give me the ability to, to give me the ability and the know-how on how to deal, bind, and plunder the enemy territory in your own territory. Come and begin to say, God, help me, show me how to deal with them. Show me how to bind them. Show me how to, show me how to, to, to plunder the enemy so that I can take back my family. I can take back my friends. I can take back that which has always been given to me. No more will I allow it to, 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 to the enemy to pillage my territory anymore. But give me the eyes of the Spirit, God. Give me the eyes of the Spirit that I can see what's about me. I can see what's before me. I can see what's ahead of me. And that we can bind, deal and bind. Father God right now, Father God right now, Father, give us heavenly wisdom. Give us heavenly, give, give us a fresh, a fresh, fresh anointing of heavenly wisdom. Let it begin to be poured out right now on everyone in this room. Oh, come on, just begin to receive. Heaven's about to pour something out this morning, guys. Right now, right now. Heaven's saying, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna pour out my wisdom. I'm gonna pour out, I'm gonna open your eyes. Scales are gonna start falling from some of your eyes. Because now God's beginning, you're now coming into alignment with what heaven, heaven has always been seen. But now you're coming into alignment. Heaven's going to start to show you. Don't worry if it, if, it, if it affects you. Don't worry if it upsets you. It's okay. God's going to show you how the land really looks. God's going to show you what it looks like. 
But, his, but the same God that reveals it to you will show you how to deal with it. We'll show you the process. We'll show you the strategy. We'll give you the ability to be the priest, the shepherd and the king in your territory. So heaven right now, pour, pour out, pour out. Pour out your spirit right now on all flesh this, this morning. Pour out your spirit right now on everyone in this room. Pour out your spirit right now. Pour out your spirit, oh God. Pour out your spirit. Come on, begin to let it begin to stir in your heart now. Let your spirits lay hold of it and capture it. Let an intensity begin to grab hold of you. Some of you are going to have to go and make, are going to have to re, remake connections with, 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 um, with loved ones, with, with, with family members. Some of you have become stray from your family members. And you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to make peace. Even though you might not have done anything wrong, you're going to have to go back and make peace. You're going to have to become the peacemaker in your territory. Oh, Father God. Father God, we thank you. Father God. For those of you who've got grandkids, for those of you who've got kids and grandkids, I want you to right now just to bring them and lift them up before you. Because, because you know what? There are mistakes that we made with the previous generation. And there's the strongholds now that are... But you know what? These young ones, these grandkids, this next generation, they're still young enough. They're still there. They're st- the hope is there for them. As you, as you begin to awaken now, into this position that God has given you the, the right to be in, that we now can make a different, there's now a different decision. There's now could be a different outcome. So I want you to, to speak into their futures right now. That they, are, that, that, that they will receive the protection of God. That there, is, strong, there will be no stronghold over their life of the enemy. Come on, begin to declare it over them now. Prophesy over your kids. Prophesy over your grandkids. Prophesy over your nieces and nephews. Prophesy over these young, these young ones. Thank you, God, for giving us new revelation. Thank you, God, that they don't have to follow the same path. Thank you, God. We can raise a pure generation to serve you, O oh God. Make them into a royal house, a royal priesthood. Oh, mighty God. I want, and just lastly, I feel the prompt in the Spirit that says this, that we must, if this is, if you're serious, if this is, if this has hit your heart, this has hit your heart that we will not be like the what that you will make a declaration now before God that says I will not be like the watchman there's the two watchmen in Isaiah one is mute like a dog cannot even bark and does not know how to respond and then there's the the watchman in, in, in Isaiah 62 that is forever singing never silent that says God 
from this day, I will not stand by and stay silent when I see something not of you operating in my territory. I will no longer stay silent because some of us have, have become intimidated. We've allowed our spirits to be oppressed. We've allowed, we've allowed all those things to come in and we've stayed silent. And we've never spoke. We've never been willing to stand for that which we know is right. And we've let it go on. But say, God, no more. From this day, as watchman over the territory given to me, I will stand my ground and I will speak into every situation. I will speak into every stronghold that I see, every manifestation of an antichrist nature that I see, I will speak and I will stand to protect the lives of those you've given me. Amen? Can we do it this morning? So come on right now, just begin to declare it. Say, God, from this day, from this day, I will no longer stay silent. I will no longer stay silent. I will give myself no rest. I will put myself by the wall. I will watch my territory day and night. I will sing. I will speak. I will call out to you. I will not stay silent. I will not be afraid to confront the darkness in, in, in my territory. But I will not be afraid of the strong man anymore. And I will speak with the words given to me by the Spirit. Come on church, begin to talk to him. I can't do it for you. We will release your word. That's it. We will release your word, oh God. Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you, Father. All right. So, Father, we bring all these things before you. Father, establish this house as a safe place. Establish this house and every family within these walls. Father, establish and rid your, rid the enemy from our territories, oh God. Father, we raise our families as a house to you this morning. We say, Father, we put them before you. And we join them together as we become one house. And Father, we stand together for one purpose. To let this house stand undivided, unified for the glory of your name. Father, may your splendor be seen in every family in this room. May your splendor be acknowledged by every heart in our families and in our territories. And Father, we look forward to the day when new territory will come to our, to our lives, where you will extend our borders, we will, we will advance our, our, our authority and our territory. Thank you, God, for what is about to take place. Come on, church, are you expectant? Can we be expectant this morning? So, God, we thank you for what you're about to do in our lives. Thank you for the salvation that's going to come into our families. Thank you for the lives that are going to be transformed. Thank you for the, for the world that will be changed because of you, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you in advance. We praise you in advance, oh God. We stand with faith, expectant, knowing, oh, that you're changing lives. That's it. Come on, just tell him. Thank you, God. We're expectant this morning. We praise you in advance for what you're about to do over our lives. Oh, and our families, in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right.
Oh, God.